You're listening to the Compliance Insiders with Roger Fendelman, where you can hear the best and brightest experts in the mortgage industry discuss compliance and technology issues that affect you. It's all you need to know in 10 minutes or less. Susan Brace is a mortgage industry vet and world traveler. As a risk and compliance expert for over 25 years, she's worked with some of the biggest lenders in the country. She's currently performing internal audit functions for an independent mortgage bank. Susan, so great to have you here. Thanks, Roger. It's great to be here. You recently went through a Michigan state examination. It sounds like they were pretty detailed in what they were looking for and specifically looking at marketing, especially social marketing and co-marketing activities. It's interesting to get intel on state exams. What are some of the details people need to know? Well, I've been through several CFPB examinations over the past several years. And one thing that I noted in this Michigan exam was they followed the CFPB script as far as RESPA almost to the letter in some respects. They were looking for detailed documentation uh, for such things as expense reimbursements for co-marketing. They were looking for documentation of who was at the event, if it was an event that real estate agents attended. So to their credit, the lender that I'm working with has a very robust system for record keeping for those types of things, for review and approval of those events. They've got a detailed checklist. They've got a system for record keeping for accounting to use for expense reimbursements. And so there wasn't too much stress with this examination as far as RESPA was concerned, because I'd actually been through that before with the CFPB. But one thing to note, and these state examiners, more and more, they are using the CFPB exam manual, and they're concentrating on federal regulations more than state regulations, which is definitely a big change for us. You'd mentioned that the lender that you're working with has a solid plan in place to monitor social media marketing and other types of marketing that they engage in. Can you tell us more about what a good plan looks like? Well, for starters, it's got to be very nimble because social media monitoring is very much like nailing jello to a tree. You've got a moving target and you've got to approach the monitoring of that target from several different directions um, using both electronic means and human eyes. And there are various electronic solutions that are available in the mortgage space now that are extremely helpful. But obviously, you can't just rely on them because they'll alert you to a possible situation, but then you've got to do the investigating. So there are solutions that are static that just give you a snapshot of a moment in time that are good for some things. And then you also need a web crawling type of solution. And you need to know what you're looking for. Best practice here is to have a checklist because you want to keep yourself focused And you also want to be able to show an examiner that you're actually doing what you say you're doing and the steps that you're taking. That's very, very important. And enforce an individual accountability with your loan originators. Make sure they realize that there's a very real risk of personal liability. One thing to note, recently the Arizona DFI reminded LOs very publicly that it does regularly monitor the licensee's social media activity. So if you're not doing the monitoring or you're not doing it very well, just keep in mind that your regulators are looking at the internet and they will find these things. So better to not be surprised. Companies are limited in how much they can control licensee social media activity to a point. 
but they should make their LOs aware of their own personal liability so they can protect themselves and the company. Good points. For those out there that have a strong social media policy in place, including training and procedures that will probably satisfy most examinations, I think the question then becomes, how does one monitor their program's effectiveness? Well, independent testing is part of your CMS. And there's a reason that it's set forth as one of the four pillars, if you will. You've really got to have either an independent company and or an internal audit program that functions independently of compliance, operations, legal, and so forth. Your internal audit department needs to report directly to the board of directors, and that helps ensure impartiality. So as far as how to actually test effectiveness, that's going to depend on what function is being tested. For example, in testing the QC audit function itself, which is imperative that you do, you're looking for that continuous cycle of finding defects, root cause analysis, communication and feedback loop with management and the responsible parties. And most importantly, the follow-up to ensure that the corrective action was taken and that the defects have been corrected. That is the key. That is what the examiners are drilling down to. Yes, it's great that you found these defects, but were they corrected? And can you be sure of that? Right. And you had mentioned that earlier when we were talking about it, that in the Michigan example, they asked you for documentation such as root cause analysis. You were asked to provide that, correct? That's true. They did ask for all of our QC reports. They asked for management responses. And they asked for those follow-up audits. So that feedback loop is extremely important. Make sure you close that loop. It is. This is great information and would love to have you back to talk about some other issues that are cropping up. But before I let you go, I mentioned earlier that you are no doubt a world traveler. Where are you going to next? Well, it's either going to be Japan or Ireland and Scotland. The past few trips, including some that lasted over three months, were to Latin American countries. And uh, my long-suffering husband has had to listen to me butcher the Spanish language for long enough. So he gets to choose the next destination. I'd love to revisit some of my favorite places, such as Iceland, New Zealand, and Greece. But it seems like some new place always pops up on my agenda. Are you a compliance insider? Then go to compliancepodcast.com immediately and join our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Got something to say? Request to be on the show. Go to compliancepodcast.com with your topic ideas. And as always, thank you for listening.